everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Girl Podcast. Today you just have me, Danielle. This is another solo episode. I hope you loved last week's episode with Maya. She is amazing. I got really great feedback from you that already listened, but if you haven't, I highly suggest going to listen. She is incredible. Um, This week, though, I wanted to talk about something that I've I I don't know if procrastinating is the right word, but it's something that I haven't shared yet with my social media community, but I've wanted to, and I feel like now is the time to do so. So if you um, can't tell by the title of this episode, I experienced um, a miscarriage in February of this year. I'm going to give you the whole backstory, explain everything, because I feel like this isn't talked about enough, and women go through so much, and no one... No one talks to you growing up about, you know, whether you're in sex ed or in school, you really aren't talked to about fertility issues that women go through, whether it's infertility, um, you know, trouble conceiving, whether you go through a miscarriage, it's just not taught to you and it's not talked about enough. And I wasn't sure if I was ever going to share, but I came to the conclusion that if my experience and if what I went through could help just one woman, then that would be rewarding enough for me. And that's all I care about. I'm I'm not sharing this for attention. I'm not sharing this for sympathy. I'm simply sharing because if you are someone who has gone through this, if you, you know, somehow in the future, I mean, God willing, you don't go through this, then you've heard my story and you know that you're not alone. So I'm going to start with December of 2021. So um, Ari and I have wanted kids for a while. We, so we were supposed to get married in June of 2020, but due to COVID, our wedding was postponed and we ended up getting married a year later. So our timeline was already thrown off because in my head, like so many women do, I had this timeline in my head of, okay, I'm gonna graduate college at 22, I'm gonna get engaged at 23, I'm gonna be married by 24, and I'm gonna be pregnant at 25. Like I had this um, life timeline in my head and I felt like if I didn't go by this schedule, then my life would somehow be behind or I would be, you know, behind my schedule. So everything was going great. Graduated college. I moved in with Ari. We got engaged. I was right. You know, my timeline was going great. But then COVID threw us for a loop and our wedding was postponed. And I just couldn't. I I mean, this wrench being thrown in my plans really just threw everything off. And that was kind of like the first hiccup in my timeline. And so our wedding was postponed a year and I really wanted to get married first before having kids. I know a lot of people don't, but for me, I really wanted to have a wedding, get married and then start our family. So this was already pushing our timeline a year back. So I had already been wanting kids when our wedding was postponed. I've always wanted kids. I'm obsessed with babies. I stop anyone walking by on the street, if they have a baby in a stroller, if someone's in the grocery store with their baby, I just want to 
look at it and hold it and mush its cheeks. I'm obsessed with babies. They're my favorite. I've always wanted to be a mother. Growing up, I always had baby dolls. I had diaper bags, strollers for my baby dolls. I would bring my baby out and pretend I was a mom. I just always had that maternal instinct. I literally would like breastfeed my baby dolls and I'd be so embarrassed when my mom walked in on me. And I just always remember having this feeling that I was meant to be a mom. And so, yeah, just to explain to you guys, we we wanted kids. We were planning to have kids. So then we finally got married in July of 2021. So this past year. And then after that, we felt like we were very ready to have kids. And so we kind of started that process. And December, I... I'm trying to think. It was December 30th. I decided to drive to CVS and pick up a pregnancy test. I didn't, I don't, I don't remember if I thought I was pregnant or if, like I wasn't late on my period or anything. I just, I don't know. I just had this gut instinct to go pick up a pregnancy test. And meanwhile, I had just recovered from COVID, which is kind of an important part of the story. So I had just recovered from COVID and I thought, you know, there's no way I could be pregnant because I just had COVID. I had a fever. I was sick. I I don't know. I just felt like my body would not get pregnant if I was that sick with COVID. So I picked up a pregnancy test from CVS and When I got home to the apartment, Ari goes, did you just pick up a pregnancy test? Keep in mind, I had the pregnancy test in my purse. He didn't see it. He didn't know where I went, but he somehow he knew that I had just picked one up. And I'm you. I can't get anything past Ari. He knows everything about me, everything that's going on in my mind. He finishes my sentences. He reads my mind, whatever I'm thinking he knows. So he's always like, just when I think I'm hiding something from him or being mysterious, like he already knows what I'm up to. So I took a pregnancy test and a little blue line shows up and I'm like, Ari, I'm like, um, I think this might be positive. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, look at the test. And we start freaking out. And so I'm like, let's take another one. I'm like, maybe this is wrong. So I take another test and the next test turns up positive. Then I'm like, run to CVS, go pick up another brand and let's do another one because I really wanted to be 100% sure. And of course we got another one and that one was also positive. We got the, we had um, the ones that have the lines and then we also then got the digital one that says pregnant or not pregnant. And within 30 seconds, it said pregnant. And I was honestly like numb, just in shock. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't fathom the fact that I was actually pregnant, like something I've been wanting for so long. And of course, so happy, so excited. And we just, yeah, we just started freaking out and... I'm trying to remember. We like had to go on a drive because we were like, we have to go somewhere. We have to do something. We have to like, I don't know. So we went on a drive and on the drive, we were just talking about names and oh my God, like, is it a boy or a girl? Like thinking about all the things and just couldn't believe that, you know, we were going to be parents. And um, meanwhile, I started to get every pregnancy system, system, symptom under the sun. 
I was getting headaches. My boobs were getting so big and they were so tender. Like they hurt so bad. I'm a stomach sleeper and I just couldn't lay on my stomach because it hurt my boobs so much. I was getting nauseous. I was getting food aversions. Oh my God, you guys, it was so hard filming content and making recipes because everything I was cooking made me want to vomit. And everything just smelled so bad. The only thing I wanted was smoothies, fruit, anything like sweet didn't sound too bad. Fruit was like the number one thing I craved, like pineapple honeydew. I remember one day taking a bite of honeydew and I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever had. But then on the contrary, like smelling garlic and onion cooking. Oh, it's normally my favorite smell, like garlic, onion, olive oil in a pan. It's like heavenly but I don't know. It just made me want to puke. And I found that eating, I would have to eat every hour so that I wouldn't feel nauseous. But if I went too long without eating, I just literally felt like I was going to throw up. Luckily, I never actually did throw up. I was just like very nauseous and had a lot of food aversions. Um, But I was really actually at the start of when I first found out I was pregnant, like the first week or so, I was starving and I was eating everything in sight. I would eat a huge meal. And then like five seconds later, I felt like I would need another meal. Maybe it's just because my body was going through a lot of like metabolic processes, producing more blood to support the pregnancy. I don't know, but I was starving and I was eating so much food. But at the same time, I was exhausted. So I was like, napping during the day, which I haven't done in years, sleeping early, getting in bed at seven o'clock. I just, I was wiped out. So I was having lots of symptoms. Everything was going great. I had scheduled my first ultrasound appointment, which I was so excited for. I feel like I always watched in the movies and TV shows, people getting an ultrasound done and like seeing the heartbeat and all of that fun stuff. So I scheduled my first appointment. They wanted to see me at the seven week mark. So waited a couple weeks. At this point, we haven't told anyone. We really wanted to wait for that first doctor's appointment before we shared just to make sure everything was going okay. So we went to the first doctor's appointment. And at this point, at seven weeks, you should see a heartbeat. So we get there, we get the ultrasound and the doctor you know, he asks us a bunch of questions and I told him, I'm like, I'm so excited to see the heartbeat. And he's like, well, if it's not there, I can't invent one. So that's kind of like a whole other story. My doctor was like, had really bad bedside manner and I'll get into that in a little, but basically we do the ultrasound and he's looking around and he explains that he sees a yolk sac, but he doesn't see a fetal pole. And the fetal pole is essentially what is going to become the baby. And he said, you know, at this point, I don't see a fetal pole. If we don't, you know, this could be one of two things. One, this isn't a viable pregnancy and you're going to have a miscarriage or you're just late. Um, you know, your, your ovulation was late. So your timing's off and you're actually much earlier than we thought. And you're not as far as seven weeks pregnant. So of course we, this was not, you know, I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean? Like this could potentially, you know, end in a miscarriage. I, I, 
honestly just didn't even think of that as being an option. You know, I was, I was, um, you know, a little hesitant about like getting too excited just in case like something bad happened. But I, I don't know. I just didn't expect him to say that, I guess, you know, is, is my feeling. I just really expected him to be like, yep, like there's the heartbeat. Everything's going great. And then, you know, we would have the go ahead to tell our friends and family, but that wasn't the case. And the doc, he immediately, my OB, he started immediately explaining miscarriage options. So he was like, okay, so you know, if this is a, if this is a miscarriage, you can either let it pass naturally, you can take a pill or you can get a DNC, which is a surgery. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this is my first ultrasound appointment. I've never been pregnant before. Like don't start talking about miscarriage options to me when you literally just gave me an ultrasound and said that I might be off on my timing and like, it was just not what I needed to hear in that moment and extremely inappropriate. So obviously we left that appointment feeling um, confused and anxious and that week was brutal because we were waiting to (laughs) hear whether this pregnancy was viable, as they would say. It's not the best term, but we were just... I mean, I had so much anxiety that week because I was so excited. And the last thing I wanted was to hear that this pregnancy wasn't going to work out. So that week was really, really, really tough for me. And I think a lot of women go through that. So that week we ended up having to tell my parents and Ari's parents. And, you know, I told my best friend Jolie because she was coming to visit me that week. So, and I had planned to tell her in like a really cute way, but if she was going to be visiting me, I I couldn't, I couldn't hide it from her. I couldn't hide that I was pregnant because I was so nauseous. I couldn't eat anything like she would have figured it out. So we ended up having to tell our parents and her and no one wants to tell their parents that they're pregnant and have it be, you know, said in a bad, a bad, what do I want to say? No one wants to tell their parents the way we had to tell our parents. Okay. Like I had to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I preface the conversation with don't get too excited. I'm pregnant, but we went to the doctor and they told me this might not be a viable pregnancy. Like no one wants to share that kind of news with their parents that way. That's just not what I had envisioned. And I feel like also there's so much pressure on social media to have this like fun reveal to your parents and tell them in a fun and creative way and film it and post it on social media. So of course I had that in my mind too. I had so many cute plans and like ways of telling them. So that just was not how I envisioned sharing that information. But of course, our families were so supportive and positive and they were like, don't worry, like everything's going to be okay. So we finally get to a week later and we go to our next ultrasound appointment and oh my God, I was so nervous and waiting in that ultrasound room is brutal. Oh my God, they really just make you wait for so long. So they did the ultrasound and I just remember like praying I'm not like a super religious person, but I just remember in that moment, like just praying and saying like, 
God, please like let there be a heartbeat. And that's when I had, um, I actually switched to a new lovely female, kind, warm, compassionate OB and a midwife. And the two of them were in the room doing my ultrasound and they were so excited. All of a sudden I see a big smile come across their face and they're like, oh my God, like there's the fetal pole, which keep in mind we hadn't seen last time. So they're now seeing a fetal pole, which again is going to be the baby. And they said, and look, there's a flicker of a heartbeat. And I just remember like falling back onto the table and just taking this huge sigh of relief. I felt like I had, I had been holding my breath for a whole week and I felt like I could finally just breathe and I felt so excited and so just relieved just so happy that things were looking up and you know they said everything looks beautiful your gestational sac is in the right place in your uterus the yolk sac looks great that we see a fetal pole and we see a little heartbeat and I just remember like oh my god just so excited, so relieved. We immediately like called our moms. We fa- our moms were together. Ari and I, our moms were, our moms were waiting together to hear the news. And we Facetimed them, and they were so excited. And we Facetimed our dads, and they were so excited because they were actually. Um, my parents were in town in Florida visiting us, but we like couldn't even wait to get back. We like called them immediately, and then you know, everything was going great. I was so relieved. I'm like, you know what? I, it looks like I did have a late implantation. It looks like I was off on my timing. Like this is a viable pregnancy. Everything's going to be okay. And I just kind of relaxed at that point and just went about my business. I was still super nauseous, couldn't eat anything. Again, making recipes for you guys was so hard I don't know how I got through it, but I did. And I still was like tasting things. And then I'm like, okay, that's really good, but I'm going to throw up if I eat more of this. Um, (laughs) So, and shout out to my amazing assistant, Taylor, who helped me make everything and who was like so understanding throughout the process. And um, she really, I had to tell her um, pretty early on too about the pregnancy because she would, she would have known something was up if I wasn't eating all the food that we were making. So she was super helpful and super supportive. So thank you, Taylor, if you're listening, you're the best. So then a couple weeks go by, it was my birthday. So this is like a month-ish after I had found out I was pregnant. It was my birthday and I just remember thinking like, I have everything. I have a husband who loves me. I live in a beautiful city. I love my apartment. I have a great job that I love and I'm pregnant and like I'm married and like this is everything I've ever wanted and I'm so blessed and I remember just thinking like I don't need anything else right now like I don't need to ask for anything for my birthday like I don't need material things like having a husband who loves me and expecting a child is like literally everything I could ever ask for so I just remember on my birthday just feeling sorry I'm like I'm trying not to cry I told myself I wasn't gonna cry but I just remember feeling so so happy on my birthday anyway okay I'm not gonna cry 
anyway, I felt it was just the best birthday ever. And a couple, I'm trying to think, a couple more days go by and I started feeling this really intense back pain, like lower back pain. And it was pretty painful and it wasn't going away. Some lower back pain is normal during pregnancy, 100%. And I had experienced that before, but in like bouts of like a couple minutes, but this was constant and the lower back pain wasn't going away. And I got a little bit concerned because I knew it wasn't normal to feel it all the time. And I wasn't bleeding, but I had like a little bit of like brown, like when I, not to be TMI, but like when I wiped, it was like a little brown. So like a sign of like a little bit of blood. So I called my doctor, told them they weren't like overly concerned, but they were like, monitor your bleeding and come in tomorrow for an ultrasound and we're just going to make sure everything's okay. It's totally normal to have spotting during your pregnancy. It's normal to like bleed a little bit. A lot of women spot throughout their whole pregnancy or for the uh, through the first trimester. But I knew I had this gut instinct that something was wrong only because of the um, complications that occurred in the beginning. Like kind of that questioning of like, where's the fetal pole? It's seven weeks. We're not seeing it. Um, like just, just that there was something off when we first got that ultrasound, um, that made me nervous that like things weren't progressing the way they should be. And I was just scared that this was going to end badly. And I told my mom and I told my mother-in-law, I remember saying like, I'm so scared to go to my next ultrasound appointment. They're like, no, everything's fine. You know, you're totally okay. Don't even worry. But I'm like, I had this gut instinct. I'm like, I'm so scared that they're going to tell me that things are not okay. And of course, Ari too, so supportive, so sweet. He just stayed so positive for me and was so uplifting. But I just had this feeling in my gut that something was like really wrong. So the next day we go to the ultrasound and um, she the midwife confirmed that, you know, she let us know. She said, I'm, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we don't see a heartbeat and there's been no progression since six weeks. So the fetal pole, the baby hadn't grown since the six week mark. And at this point I was about like eight weeks ish. So you know, she's like, I'm so sorry, but this is like called a missed miscarriage where like, you know, the heart stops and like, you don't know it yet. Like I wasn't heavily bleeding or anything, which is kind of what you associate with having a miscarriage. Like all of a sudden, you know, at home you experience this bleeding and, um, you know, heavy bleeding, but I had an experience that I was just having some back pain. So, you know, she was so warm and so compassionate. Um, and then, you know, went in and explained the options of how you can go about things, which is to let everything pass naturally, which at first I felt would be the right choice for me. You know, like I, I'm a more like natural, you know, plant-based eating, very, um, like I thought that that would be the right choice for me. And then she said, so yeah, you can let it pass naturally. You can take a pill, which essentially induces labor and, you know, just kind of induces the miscarriage on its own. 
So instead of waiting, you take the pill and it induces the whole process. Or the third option is a dilation and curatage, which is the DNC procedure to surgically remove the contents of your uterus and like the contents of the pregnancy. So I felt like I could not make a decision in that moment. I felt just so overwhelmed with sadness and just disappointment and almost anger that this was happening to me and that this was something I was going to have to deal with. I didn't want to then have to tell, you know, at this point also I had told my best friends, we told our siblings, our parents knew, like, especially after sharing the good news with them the previous week when they saw the flicker of a heartbeat, I didn't want to have to then share like that, you know, I had a miscarriage. I just, I never wanted to share that kind of news. And I just didn't, I just wasn't like, I wasn't mentally prepared to go through some, mentally and emotionally prepared to go through that. I feel like I always have so much going on. I, you know, I work really hard for my business. We've gone through a lot. Um, and I just, I just wasn't ready for how hard it was going to be to go through it. So my midwife said, don't worry, you don't have to decide right now how you want to go about this. It's okay. Like take your time and you can think about it. Um, you know, educate yourself on the options and, and, you know, we'll talk and we'll decide what you want to do. So of course, Ari and I are just, you know, devastated. And I remember that day we just, you know, cuddled and talked. And I think we've like played games all day or like did something to get our mind off of everything that was going on. And our family and friends were so supportive and so sweet and kind and just like everything we needed in that moment. So I'm glad in the end that they knew about the pregnancy because they were able to then be there for us when we needed it the most. And so that I went into reviewing all of my options, which was one, let it pass naturally, which sounds, you know, okay. You know, that kind of sounds like a, a good option. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's kind of like a pick your poison situation. None of them are good options in quotes. It's just, you just have to kind of pick one and weigh the pros and cons. So waiting to let your body pass everything naturally comes with its risks. So you could develop an infection, um, which is not good. And then you could end up needing the surgery anyway. Um, or it could happen whenever, I mean, they said it like at this point, my HCG, so my pregnancy hormones were still really high. So they said, it'll probably take about two weeks for you to pass it naturally. I didn't want to be standing in a target. And then all of a sudden the process starts to happen. Like I don't, that would have been way too anxiety provoking for me. So I kind of ruled out that whole scenario of letting it pass naturally. I didn't want an infection and I didn't want to be like anticipating it to just happen um, at a random time. Second option is the pill that you take. So here's the deal with the pill. I, I mean, it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. I think 
It's very painful. It causes some very intense back pain and cramping, nausea, diarrhea. I just don't think it's a pleasant experience. And I already was going through so much emotional pain that I didn't want to have much more physical pain. So I... I'm very sensitive. I can't have caffeine. Alcohol doesn't sit well with me. I don't do drugs. Like my body is very sensitive to medications, to stimulants. So I just thought, I don't think it would be the best for my body to take this medication that already has so many side effects. And here's the thing, you could take the medication and it could potentially not get everything out. And then you either need to take another round of the medication or you still end up needing to get the surgery because they need to get everything out of your uterus. Otherwise, you can end up with an infection. So the last option is the DNC, which is the procedure that you can get. Um, it's a surgical procedure. You go under anesthesia and they essentially, you know, vacuum out like suction out. I'm sorry. I mean, the terms are just horrible. They suction out the contents of your uterus. Um, I know with my gynecology practice, they, my, my gyno explained that she's very gentle. She uses gentle tools. Like they're really like the only like real risk of the surgery would be getting an infection, which isn't a risk of every surgery, but they give you antibiotics right after the surgery so that you don't develop an infection. So I decided that at that point, there really like weren't many risks to the DNC. It would be painless because I'd be under anesthesia. I wouldn't need to like see anything. I wouldn't have to go through pain or go through, you know, watching. Because if you let it pass naturally or take the pill at home, I mean, you're like watching everything come out of you, which let me tell you, that is not, that was not top of my list. So... I decided to go with the surgery and I'm so glad that I did. I had the surgery, I believe it was February 16th. And she told me, my gynecologist, after the fact, she said it went perfectly. It was like a textbook procedure. It took about four minutes to do the entire thing, which is so crazy to me. And um, so let me let me backtrack a little. They put me under general anesthesia. Um they, they gave me like a, I guess it was a sedative. So I was very relaxed before they gave me the anesthesia. It was just, the surgery was a non-event. That was not a big deal. However, afterwards, I, they didn't really prepare me for the pain after the surgery. They told me I'd have some light cramping and a little bit of bleeding, but other than that, I'd be fine. And I, experienced the worst cramping I have ever felt. I mean, you know, your uterus is kind of shrinking back into place and whatever, but I have never, I mean, these were the most painful cramps, period cramps times a thousand. It was so painful. I was taking like 800 milligrams ibuprofen and Tylenol at the same time because it was just you know, at one point I was like begging my OB to give me like stronger pain meds, but she's like, try taking both Tylenol and ibuprofen. Um, and that seemed to work. But the second that wore off, I was like in excruciating pain that lasted about a week. Um, and then I had bleeding for about a week to a week and a half. Um, 
the bleeding was like a little heavier than I thought, but the pain was definitely worse than the bleeding. So, but in the end, like it was like a week of those cramps and a week of bleeding. But in the end, I mean, God forbid if this happened to me again, I would get the DNC again. It was definitely the right way to go for me. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the story in a nutshell at this point, you know, it's taken a lot of emotional strength and mental strength for me to get up every day and work and put a smile on my face and essentially move on. I know that in the end we'll have our perfect family and I'm going to have kids and they're going to be so cute. They're going to be the cutest little vegan chickpeas on the planet and I'm going to have my perfect family and this just for some reason wasn't um wasn't meant to be at this timing at this at this point in time. Um keep in mind as I said before I had covid during implantation so during that very um critical point in conception and and when the you know everything's first developing and I had COVID. I had a fever. I was sick. I had an infection. So, you know, my doctors don't know 100%, but they definitely think that having COVID might have disrupted the process of proper, you know, implantation and and like a healthy conception. So I don't know if it makes me feel like it might make me feel a little better. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, if I didn't have COVID, like, would I still be pregnant? So I just, I play these like what if games, but I can't, you know, if I did that all day, it would drive me crazy. Um, So at this point, you know, it's taken a lot of healing. I've cried way too much, way too many tears. Um, I definitely have had ups and downs. I've been on like this emotional roller coaster, like one second bawling my eyes out the next second. I'm like, this is going to be fine. I, you know, I can always get pregnant again. It's going to be okay. I'm going to end up with kids. And then, you know, it's just like a cycle of up and down. I've definitely, you know, I'm in a much better place than I was in February when this happened. And I wanted to be, I needed to heal myself first before I spoke to you guys because I wanted to come to you when like I've understood all of my feelings and when I'm in and I wanted to be in a place where like I felt like I could tell you the story from a perspective of me being in a much better space like emotionally and mentally because I just needed that time to myself to heal before I like opened this up to the public and you know you know i have a large following and a lot of people and i'm sure i'm going to get a lot of comments a lot of unwanted uh opinions criticisms that are going to come my way so i really needed to like feel like i was in a good place before i shared this but yeah i'm i'm working towards every day just being mentally and emotionally stronger and feeling like I'm you know this this doesn't define me this doesn't define my future this doesn't define 
my future fertility or my future, my future, you know, how many kids I'm going to have or whatever. I'm really trying to like separate myself from that experience and just know that like going forward, um, everything's going to hopefully be okay. And I have a therapist now, which I definitely needed. Um, so I think she's going to come in really handy because I guess my fear going forward is that this happens again, right? Like that's the anxiety is that I would be put through this again. And um, so I'm really trying to work on managing that fear and that anticipation and just like viewing the next pregnancy as like a clean slate. Because other than that, like I'm healthy, I eat well, I take care of myself. Like there's no other indication that like this would happen again. I have very balanced hormones. My thyroid is perfect. Um, you know, it wasn't, it didn't take us long to get pregnant. I'm, you know, my, I've, it's confirmed I'm very fertile. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would just say if you've gone through this, if you're going through this, give yourself grace, be kind to yourself, let yourself take the time you need to heal and process. And I would say, let people support you like as much as you want to go inwards and isolate yourself, lean on your friends and family. I, I promise it will help so much. I kind of tend to want to go inwards in those tough situations, but I realize that once I do share and open up, it, it helps so much to have that support from people. So I think that's everything. I definitely didn't want to like miss anything from the story or miss anything that I wanted to say. But yeah, again, if you have gone through this, if you're going through this, if you end up going through this in the future, I hope it doesn't. But if you do, no, you're not alone. This is so extremely common. I'm here for you. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're loving the Healthy Girl podcast and liked this episode, I would really appreciate it if you rated the podcast, left a review, and subscribed. It would mean so much to me. It really helps new podcasts if you rate and review. So thank you in advance. And to all of you who have already rated and reviewed, thank you so much. I love you. Um, a lot of new fun recipes coming to the gram, coming to TikTok in the next few days. So stay tuned for those. And thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you for being in my community. Thank you for allowing me to open up to you and do so in a safe space. Um, again, I love you all. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye.